live from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson right up until Asr this afternoon with you. For now, the time to you know, bring out your books and your pens or even just sit closer to the radio in terms of our program Madrasa on E, and that is of course Developing Islam in Me. I've got the guest in studio none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams and Sheikh is going to be in our very first segment Basically just doing a recap as to where we stopped yesterday as well as going further on to our segment being Knowing My Lord. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine, alhamdulillah. Can I be thankful to Allah Ta'ala? And then how's yourself, Aunt Yasmina? I'm alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Quite excited in terms of starting off the program, inshallah. MashaAllah, mabaruk barakallah fikum. MashaAllah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, oh, thanks and praise due to Allah always and forever. And love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger of Allah have sent to humanity, to us, to the um, to his ummah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, Allah, that he can guide us from our darkness, from our ignorance, from our background, to be able to lead us to what is successful this dunya and successful the year after. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us to be of those people who are worthy of that status and position. And may Allah grant us to be amongst them. Yawm al-Qiyamah. Uh, those people who are going to receive the shafa'ah of that beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salah and salam upon him, his family, his friends and all those who follow their path. May Allah grant us to be amongst them. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Um, before we go into recap, we... Um, We'd love to do, make the collective du'a if you do not mind. Um, just a reminder to our people before we go into this du'a by having to remind us. Our hujjaj is leaving for Arafat tomorrow, inshallah. Let's make du'a for them, part of our du'as, make du'a for them. But also get ourselves and our life and all our work and our things that we're doing in connection with the fact that they are going to make du'a for us. And ask Allah to pardon us and forgive us and Allah is going to do that. And it depends very much on how much we, you and I, have our hearts connected to the Hujaj, inshallah, to be recognized how fortunate we are to be of those people whom Allah have chosen, family and friends, to represent us on Arafah. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant khairun barakah, alhamdulillah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal'aqibatu lil-muttaqeen, wal-jannatu lil-muwahideen, wal'a'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wal-salatu wal-salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina wa maulana Muhammadin, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. 
ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف أنا اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم أجلنا من النار اللهم أجلنا من النار اللهم أجلنا من النار برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم جعل الحجاج حجهم حجا مبرورا وسعيهم سعيا مشكورا وذنبهم ذنبا مغفورا وعملهم صالحا مقبولا وتجارة لن تبور يا نور النور عالم ما في الصدور أخرجنا وإياهم من الظلمات إلى النور برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة توقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين ما شاء الله الحمد لله أسفو what we did what we did yesterday we went into surah Quraysh in surah Quraysh we were looking at it is surah number um, 106 Surah number 106 Surah Quraysh In this surah we, 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 we looked at the process of how Allah Ta'ala addresses the Quraysh By reminding them of the favors that Allah has bestowed upon them And Allah Ta'ala mentions to them many favors And then Allah gives them the invitation The invitation of to say to them Now the fact that you've been favored so much And I favored you And I am your Lord I've given you so many things I've made so many things easy for you I've given you I've given uh, the right and power of power And protection And, and, and uh, status and position Of the city of the, the greatest city The city of Makkah I've given all that to you And I've given you this tribe To baby So let me give you the invitation as what as as well. And then Allah gave them the invitation So Allah says, Now that you know and they had a great amount of reverence, reverence for Makkah and reverence for the Kaaba and reverence for the fact and the place that they are in, in. They were totally aware of the fact that all these things were sacred and it was a uh, um reserve to the extent that they didn't want anybody to do harm the place. They didn't want anybody to take stones from the place. They recognize it's such a glorious and wonderful place, a place of honor and dignity and status. And they were pride, pride to the fact that uh, they were the people of, of that city. So Allah Ta'ala then said to them, فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّهَا ذَا الْبَيْتِ So invite, go to the extent to be able to worship that Lord of that house which you revere so much. That house which we know has a Lord. Go to that Lord and worship Him and do not worship anybody else. Subhanak, may Allah grant us to come to realize how fortunate they've been and how fortunate we are.
I mean, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are in our very first segment, being Knowing My Lord. And yes, Sheikh is looking at the Surah Quraysh, and that is Surah 106. And that is where you can find it. Also, move along. If you have a translation Quran, then you can also go along with the, with the Surah within your Quran as Sheikh is speaking. For now, I hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stop, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran, Jazakallah for that one, Yasmina. Um, uh, we were busy with Surah Quraysh and we, we went to the extent by having to remind us of the fact that we looked at the fact that Allah has granted the Quraysh a great amount of favors, it's the vast favors that Allah has granted them. Of these favors Allah has granted them, Allah mentions to them, Rihlat al-Shita, it was safe. That journey that you took to the south and to the, to the, to the, the, the summer time and the winter time, because Allah wanted them to realize that uh, um, it's not... Uh, Things just doesn't happen. It's 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 all is been structured in such a way that we need to recognize the one who has created the whole heavens and the earth, the one who, in actual fact, has created the sun and the moon and the stars and the galaxies and the, uh, uh, that's out there. That seems for us to be they just there for another, for no specific reason. Allah says they all have very specific reasons. Similarly, your acts and mine, our things that we do, such as that which the Quraysh received as the favors of Allah, these are all coming from Allah. That Allah is the one in charge of them. And if, it, if it's not been decreed by Allah to grant it for us, it would never happen to us. So nothing could ever happen to you and to me and to your children and to mine and to your parents and to mine. Nothing could ha- ever, ever, ever happen if it wasn't decreed by Allah. So only what Allah has decreed for us will ever happen to us on this dunya. And we are part of the creation of what is going to happen to us in the akhirah. May Allah protect us. And grant us to be of those people who become cognizant of Allah. And then Allah to reminds them of the specific favors. And then Allah gave them the invitation. So Allah to us, he says here, the objective of this to understand how Allah has shown the process of what the people of Quraysh should be able to reflect at the time of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But this message is also universal until Yawm al-Qiyamah. That in Atshafak, every body of Allah's creation, every human being, gets so many favors it's uncountable the amount of favors he gets so Allah want to remind us via the Quraysh like I've given the Quraysh I'm also speaking to you and I want the Quraysh to look at specifics that things that they don't always have and there's probably here a specific that you and I were in is the fact that we were a people who lived in the apartheid structure where there was processes and difficulties and pressures on us all the time and and things that we and alhamdulillah we are living now in a democracy away from apartheid who decided it you mandela no 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 none of them it is the decree of allah if allah decreed that mandela had to die in the prison he would have died there and if allah decreed that he didn't get out of the prison he would have stayed there but Allah has decreed that because of the circumstances and the hard work of the many people and even amongst the Muslims who had the concern to be able to stand up against the injustice and the wrong, you and I today, today are enjoying the process of what we have as a great favor of Allah to live in this time. Yes, there's positives and negatives in it. But imagine you had to still be under the pressures of the white man in control and had to make you a slave under the, the very worst processes. This must be difficulties today too. 
But the favor of having to come out of that, that freedom, a sense of freedom, where you could live in this world uh, with, with no pleasures, and no, uh, and no be making of you a slave and undermining you. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la illa billah. We should not know how to, th- to thank Allah for these favors. And then after that, Allah says, فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ So now the fact that you realize that I'm your Lord and I'm the one that has given you all these favors. فَلْيَعْبُدُوا let you, let, Let's put worshipping for Allah and for Allah alone. Put it aside and take it away from anything and any idol and anybody else. That we worship Allah and Allah alayhi. فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ And then Allah says, الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوءٍ The one who gives us food and keeps away from us hunger and, 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 and poverty. وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ And the one who grants us all the safety and security that we have to live in our homes, to live in our towns and our cities, to be able to enjoy a sense of freedom and righteousness. May Allah protect irrespective of the different things that Allah has given us. So Allah has given us all this and we've seen in, in this process of the surah how Allah has developed, dealt with that process. Simply to allow men to understand worshipping belongs to Allah and Allah alone. Worshipping doesn't belong to the idols. It doesn't belong to false idols. It doesn't belong to anything or anybody. It doesn't belong to some person who thinks himself in charge and he wants to be the boss and you must be the slave of his. The worshipping doesn't belong to uh, idols such as uh, 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 the banks or the hospitals and the doctors and the medicine. And we make these things idols and we rely and depend on them. And we forget that our reliance and dependence must be sincerely on Allah and Allah alone. And we cannot compare the reliance and dependence of Allah onto that of anything other. For that is the issue of shirk. That breaks us down and that takes us away from the worshipping of Allah. So Allah says, فَلْيَعْبُدُوا the, what we see in this surah amongst the message of Allah, Allah wanted to tell the Quraysh, it's all about, this goes all about the process of your submission to the fact that there is an ilah. And that ilah is the only one worthy of worship and you should not worship anything other. Subhanak la la quwwata illa billah. So that brought us to the understanding of what is in surah Quraysh. Inshallah we now hope to be able to go t- to another surah which is Surah number 101, 111, number Surah 111. The name of the Surah is Surah, uh, surah Masad. Um, surah Masad refers to the palm fiber. Uh, um, that Surah consists of five verses. Is what we call Tabbat Yada Abi Lahabi Watab. It is that Surah, right? That, that we're looking at. Now in this Surah, there is a statement that happens where Allah Ta'ala says that um, the hands of Abi Lahab is being, as we would say, uh, uh, cursed or being per- in, in perish. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Now, the reason for this is in, in this surah, now this happened in Mecca. At the, the period of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, not long after the beginning of the revelation, right? And so Allah Taala has informed the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be able to remind his nearest family, to be able to speak to his own tribe first, to speak to those people dear and near to him, and he draws them in into the processes. 
And our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is narrated to us by Abbas, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's uncle, he said, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said to us, when this verse was revealed, these verses were revealed um, to warn the tribe, the tribe of your, your uh, um, uh, Allah tell us this, that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam should, should warn your, your dear family, family members, your near, your near and kindred that is dear to you, that you need to be able to reveal them, uh, to speak to them. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out, and when he was, he ascended a Safa mount, the mount of Safa, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shouted. Now the words that the Nabi shouted, he says, Ya Sabaha. Now when a person shouts that, he says, he actually wants to say what we would say, watch it, watch it, or fire, fire, or, 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 or. Uh, he, he strikes an alarm of having to say that there's danger, there's major danger, there's a major problem, and everybody's attention must be given immediately. So the people said, what is that? Why is the Nabi, why is he doing that? And then they gathered around the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whereupon the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, do you see, he says, if I inform you that, that there is some army behind the mountain here who wish to come to you and wish to destroy you. Would you believe me? They said, you have never told a lie. We have never heard you telling a lie, they said. Then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to them, I am a warnet from Allah Ta'ala to you to serve you against the punishment of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Now, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wanted them to reflect and want to think about, is it true that they're going to die one day? Is it true that there's something like Yawm al-Qiyamah? Is it true that there is Jannah and Jahannam? Is it true that Allah is going to keep you, each and everybody responsible for the things that we've done on earth and the way Allah is going to judge us Yawm al-Qiyamah? Is these all true factors? Now, in the status of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was not long before that he was given the status of Nubuwa. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a person prior to Nubuwa, never ever to tell a lie. Everybody had a reverence of him, saw him as a great personality, saw him as a person that could always present Positivity to them. In many cases prior to this moment, they've always chosen him over, were happy when he was chosen, or were happy when he was the person who came to assist and help them in processes. And they've always admired his advice and guidance and his direction that he guided them to. And they were ready to take to all those things. For now, this day, it is not strange that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this day speaks to them and calls them. It is not the first time where he advises them. It is not the first time that he guides them. It has happened many a times and they've taken to many of his messages. But this day, he said to them, what if I tell you that there is an army behind this mountain coming to want to destroy you? Would you believe me? They said, we've never ever heard you telling a lie. So, uh, it's an accepted factor that we will immediately accept what you say. But when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, those words, his uncle by the name of Abu Lahab said to him, 
Is it for this that you called us? Is this the reason why you called us to tell us that what you're saying right now? Tabban lak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Subhanak ya rabb la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Abu Lahab said to the Nabi, Tabban lak. Tabban lak means may you be perished. May you, may you, may you die. May you, may, may, may you be hurt. May you. So when Abu Lahab said that, Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And, and they said to Abu Lahab, uh, uh, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then explained to Abu Lahab, uh, tried to explain to all of them what he did and why he did this. Abu Lahab went away and he said to the Nabi, you, uh, be perished. And he did not listen to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are still by our first segment that is of course Knowing My Lord. And yeah, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that one, Yasmina. We, we, we actually uh, busy with having to indicate what happened in the life of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Surah Masad and actually in fact seeing, looking at it and seeing where and how does it affect us and how you and I should be reacting to things that happens with us. Now here it is a messy, the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is drawing his family, speaking to his nearest of his uh, family members, he draw them the, the leaders of Quraysh, he spoke to them and one of them, the Nabi sallallahu uncle Abu Lahab responded and said, Tabban lak, be perished, uh, uh, may you die, may you, may you uh, be cursed or may you uh, disintegrate. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So when he said that to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he left, Allah Ta'ala revealed an ayah to a surah to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the surah that Allah revealed to him to, to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is this surah that we busy with Surah Masad where and Allah says Tabbat yada abi lahabi wa tab ma aghna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab sayasla naran thata lahab wa mraatuhu hamalata alhatab so what happens here? What happened in the process? In the surah, Allah Ta'ala then respond to Abu Lahab for, the, for him saying to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Tabban lak. So Allah Ta'ala says, Tab, abi lahab, tab yada Abi Lahab. May the hands of Abu Lahab be perished. Allah responds, Allah responds, now not, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does not respond. It's a response of the Nabi of, of Allah ta'ala to Abu Lahab, wanting to let Abu Lahab understand, this is no joke, this is no game. And the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has spoken to you, should you not have paid attention? Should you not have listened? You did say that he never ever spoke the lie. You do know him in his capacity as your prophet. You do recognize, no, not as a prophet, but you do recognize his might, his power, his status, his position. You know his truth, his facts. You know that he's always been to the service and to the help and, and to the upgrading and the quality and taking man out of the weaknesses. You've, he's always been there to play a major role and you were always happy. Today when he reminds you of something so serious, you take it for a joke and you think you can respond and you think you, are, you can respond because of what you, you think you are. 
Here Allah Ta'ala goes to the processes of what happens in the life of Abu Lahab. And Allah Ta'ala says to us, Tabbat yada abi lahabi wa tab. Perish be the hands Abu Lahab. And Allah says, Watab and may, may it truly be perished. Meaning it will definitely be perished. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah protect. And then Allah says, ma aghna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab. His wealth will not be able to benefit him in any sense. Ma aghna anhu maluhu wa ma kasab. And whatever he has, uh, whatever belongs to him, whatever he's worked for, whatever he's striven for, and whatever, uh, it says the word kasab here refers to whatever he has of children and offspring, they will not benefit him. And the reason why Allah says that is because Abu Lahab was so-called known to be a very rich man. And he thinks it all deals with that many of our people in the present day uh, thinks it's all to do with the wealth that I have. Now I have a lot of wealth. That means nothing. Your wealth means absolutely nothing. These poorer people than you that are greater in sight by Allah, uh, that has a higher status by Allah. Are you thinking that your wealth gives you status? This is what Allah wants to say. So let us not be of those to whom Allah has given riches and then we fall prey like Abu Lahab, fall prey into this world of thinking ourselves better than others. No, you're not better than anybody. You need to be thankful to the great favors given to you by Allah. And you need to listen to Allah's message. The very fact that you are rich is not a favor in the sense that you are better than others. It's a favor from Allah that you need to be able to show Allah appreciation for this greatness and that you and I need to strive. Your status must not make you of these people who think you can do what you want to and live as you want to and dress as you want to and act as you want to. Nay, it makes of you the fact that if you are rich, you should be thanking Allah and that shouldn't make you arrogant. It shouldn't make you better than thinking you're better than others. It should bring humility upon you that you should use your wealth of Allah for Allah's cause and see that you serve the cause of Allah and spend it in the path of Allah. And because Abu Lahab reacted the way he reacted, listen to what Allah says to him. Allah said to him, Tabbat yada Abi Lahab. May the hands of Abu Lahab be, be perishing. Be per- Watab, may it truly perish, Allah Ta'ala. In the Arabic language, if there is a statement that anybody makes and he puts it, there is a repeat, then that repeat shows the fact that it will definitely, in, like in this case, watab, the word tab here is the very tab at the beginning and the tab at the end of the verse, is to be able to say surely and definitely it will be perished because of his arrogance, thinking himself better than others. Shukran so much for that shift. In this time slot now, we are going to be dedicating to those questions that came through yesterday in which we did not do justice to and we did not uh, get a chance to actually read out those uh, questions. Now, the first question that has come through, and uh, Sheikh, this is a question that came through via our WhatsApp. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I took a kurbani, Sheikh. When do I cut my nails? Please explain. Jazakallah khairan. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa ahda wa salatu wa salamu ala madla nabiya ba'd. The person asked the question by saying, I've taken a, kurba, a shi'a of kurbani, and when do I cut my nails? Now, 
taking a, a share of Qurbani, the, the essence of Qurbani is actually the fact that one should actually be best part of the Qurbani yourself. Taking a share is not the real best thing. Um, the better format is to be, be, to part, be part of the Qurbani ourselves, because Allah says, it is not the, 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 the blood that reaches Allah, it is not the, the meat that reaches Allah, which means Allah wants nothing out of your Qurbani, but it is our Iman and our Taqwa. It is the, the taqwa that we have, the consciousness of Allah that we have. And so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has shown the calling of his daughter to the slaughtering and said to her, please witness this. Please be there and see and recognize that before the blood falls on the ground, it lands in the place by Allah in Jannah. And that recognize that Allah Ta'ala has granted you this good favor and have the wish and desire for your purpose of your slaughtering is to come near to Allah, to be a better person and to recognize how fortunate you are to be then being given, to given this uh, share but also to be able to want to do it for the sake of getting nearer to Allah Ta'ala. May Allah open the path for all of us. And, and as for the, when do I cut my nails? is that the person should be part of the slaughtering so when the slaughtering is finished he then goes and cuts his nails so if you've given a, a, a portion of the slaughtering to that person then uh, to any other person out there then i would suppose if you know that they are slaughtering it today then that day that you know that they're slaughtering that day you need to be able to cut your nails or at the end of that day somewhat you cut your nails and you, you trim the hair or do whatever the case might be of what you did not do during the course of the time to be able to grant be granted benefits of the qurbani process shukran for answering that sheikh and then the next question is after which salah does the takbir in for eid shukran after which salah does the, 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 the takbir end for eid now uh, the, the the days of eid is four days the day of eid itself and the three days of tashrik the day of eid plus another three days and and at, at, at end the last one is to be read on asr's on the, the asr's walk after the asr's walk until just before maghrib you can actually read after the fourth day which means if we have like what's going to happen this year we have it on the friday the the eid and then the saturday the sunday and the monday makes the three days together which means there are four days all together the friday the saturday the sunday and the monday and the monday after asr is the last time when we recite it after the salah we might be able to recite it right up till or just before maghrib to be able to be rewarded the greatness of the takbir the, uh, uh, which means the value of takbir during this period is greater because takbir is always recommended to be able to do right through our year 24 7 tw 12 months of the year there's not one day that we shouldn't be making takbir takbir is recommended for us it simply is the words allahu akbar allahu akbar allahu akbar la ilaha illallah allahu akbar Allahu Akbar walillahi alhamd speak about Allah in His greatness and His glory and His might in recognition of Allah but in this period it has got so much more value and it is noted to be the greatest words that one can say during this period and that's why after this it is it means you can say the takbir but it's not of value to that extent that will be equal to the four days of the the, the aid 
Shukran for that, Sheikh. And then another question came through. Salam, Sheikh. Can I, as the father, request brothers and sisters and children to come together to slaughter one sheep on behalf of the family, as I am not currently by the means to do it on my own financially? Shukran. Most probably we would want to encourage what the dad is asking there. Can I get my children, my family? It is a very healthy practice. If anybody can come back to the family, we can actually put the thing on the table for the family, say to them, we would want to slaughter, but if any of one of you want to slaughter on his own name, we would want to slaughter. Can, can we have it uh, amongst us and around us so that we can have the barakah and the khair of the, of the slaughtering? In the slaughtering, there's so many favors. The one favor is Allah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, for every hair on the animal that you slaughter, there is, it's written for you a hasana. And a hasana is valued at 10 good deeds. Yawmal qiyamah. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. How many hairs is on the animals? Allahu Akbar. We, we would not be able to, count to, to calculate it. Um, so that is the one favor. The other favor the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa indicates to us. And it is a means of enriching and empowering us for positivity. Which means if we want positivity for the future, if we want the riches and wealth and be positive and be Islamic and be do what we must do and be beneficent to ourselves and to others, then slaughtering has been strongly encouraged for us that we need to do it. So there's so many benefits. And so what the dad has requested to want to ask the children, because in the days that we find ourselves, slaughtering is not very cheap in our land because our value of wealth, money is not, is not uh, uh, much too. So it's healthy to slaughter, uh, slaughter, and if you slaughter, we ask Allah to put barakah into our wealth, barakah into our lives, barakah into our, uh, our health, barakah into the way we deal with our things. May Allah put barakah into everything of our lives. But the objective is to be able to get the family together and to get them to be able to all participate, and if they can all give part of it together, if it is too much for one person to do, or one family, or the dad cannot do that himself, then it's a healthy thing to be able to get the family together, to allow them all to be able to see how can they participate in having to keep this sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and Nabi Ibrahim alive in us, amongst us. May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshaAllah. Shukran, Sheikh. And then another question that came through via SMS from the number 1710. A simple and easy question. It says, Salam, what do one do with the bones of Qurban? What did one do with the bones of Qurbani? You actually, uh, the, the bones of Qurbani can be cut up. The bones can be, because you actually give the, 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 mood, the, the meat and the things, all you need to say to the people that you give it to, it is Qurbani meat, that they need to be able to protect it, and the, it should not be given to, the, to animals to eat. That's the only thing. Shukran, but there's nothing wrong if you actually bury it, or actually discard it in a decent manner. Shukran Sheikh, and then he has a request that came through with regards to the takbir. It says, yes, salam. Imam, can Imam please recite a proper takbir and then some people even extend it? Uh, if we say a proper takbir, it gives me a very uncomfortable means because <laughs> as if there is an improper one. I don't think there is an improper one. I would try to be able to do it in, 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 a, in a very straightforward fa uh, manner. Um, uh, that that is the sunnah tariqah that has been done. Oh, all our hujaj when we go onto onto hajj and onto umrah, um, then when we get onto to to safa, the the words to be able to recite is exactly the takbir. 
Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illa Allahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi Alhamd. The Sunnah Tariqah is to be able to do that three times and then you go into the process of Allahu Akbar Kabira. Walhamdulillahi hamdan kathira Wa subhanallahi al-azim Wa bihamdihi al-kareem bukratan wa asila La ilaha illa Allah wahdahu Sadaqa wa'adahu wa nasara abadah Wa'a'azza jundahu wa hazama al-ahzaba wahdah لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إياه مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر Allahu Akbar Walillahilhamd Shukran so much for that Sheikh We are going on to our second subject matter And that is of course I am a Muslim What is expected of me For now I am going to be handing over to Sheikh To give us a brief recap In terms of where we stopped yesterday In our segment I am a Muslim What is expected of me Sheikh Tafadol Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Shukran for that Mananti Yasmina Alhamdulillah um, as, as for what we did in our program yes, last week uh, or, or, or yesterday um, in the, preg- the, the, prog- the segment of I am a Muslim so what is expected of me or we were busy with the subject matter of Salah and in the process of Salah we dealt with the area where there is the permissibility uh, given to us to be able to perform or to do certain things of what is normally not permissible, right? Um, we, we went into those processes as to when is it possible that a person can perform um, voluntary prayers after Fajr. And we said there, there that the only time when, when a person can perform the voluntary prayers, the, the Sunnah Salah after the Fajr Salah, sorry for that one, is to be when a person wanted to perform the Sunnah Salah and he entered the masjid and he found that the Imam has just started or the Akama is going off and he now cannot perform his Sunnah Salah but he wants to perform it, then immediately after the, after the Fat he may be able to perform that Sunnah, right? And, and that is the permissibility given only because that is the circumstance. But under normal circumstances, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to the Sahaba that they should not encouraged to be able to perform the Sunnah Salah after Fajr, right? And then we also said um, when a per- when the Sunnah Salah has started or when the Fart Salah has started, the Iqama has gone, then there should be no prayer except for the obligatory prayer. Now those are two very, very important aspects, um, especially the, the aspect of the the iqama going off in salah, when the iqama goes off, we should not be doing anything other. We should be paying attention to the salah for the fart. And in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nobody, a Nabi speaks. And if a Nabi speaks, everybody goes to that. Everybody puts everything aside and does that. 
Meaning, doesn't say anything other besides that. Yes, you can, and you may, and you may not. Our Nabi has spoken, and everybody's voice has been put, put to an end, and their voice, and whatever they say, has been put to, to, to silence. They say not a single word or a single letter thereafter. Right? Meaning, their words and is, is of no value, of no sense, and of no benefit whatsoever. Because Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the only role model, the only teacher, the only one sent to guide us out of jahiliyyah into light is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and anybody but everybody must be able to recognize if Muhammad have spoken everybody else's words means nothing no matter who they are no matter what this and they leave they, they lose immediate their status of position in the effect that Muhammad has spoken they don't see a single word so none of the words is of any essence if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa spoken and he has said when the iqama has gone then the salah comes to an end so nobody dare performs a sunnah salah hoping and wishing he must be able to get done with the salah a sunnah salah is where you put in extra not to get done not to get and you rush the things down no because to be able to stand in the fard salah when the iqama has gone is greater a million times or is greater in this insight even you perform um, if you have the opportunity to perform a million salas that you should not perform it that you should be busy in the fart salah with the imam that is important for us to understand as muslims may allah grant us to be of those who recognize what we've been given and that we do that to the best of our abilities inshallah i mean shukran so much for that sheikh we are in our second segment being i am a muslim what is expected of me this is your program madrasa on a developing islam in me however i'm going to be handing over back to sheikh to continue we will stop sheikh tafadol shukran um, we are now going into in, in an area of the places in which one is not permitted to pray, which means what play where in the earth is it not possible for us to pray, right? Is it places as such? Yes, there is, but allow me to go to certain ahadith first to be able to take you to that ahadith, which then sets the record for a straight to be able to look at what is the places that we may not pray in. Now, it is related to us by Abu Huraira. He said that the Messenger of Allah said, I have been given excellence over the Prophets by six matters. I, Muhammad sallallahu your Messenger sallallahu says, I've been given six things that makes me superior to all the other Prophets. Uh, uh, and the Nabi says, I've been given the most comprehensive speech. The means to be able to speak and when I speak and Allah grants me deep wisdom in my words that can benefit so many. That's one. Two, I have been supported by fear in the enemy's heart. Meaning, as a messenger, the, the, whatever enemy I have, people that goes against me, they, Allah puts a sense of fear in their hearts when they deal with me. Subhanak, which wasn't given to the other prophets. That's the second one. The third one, the Nabi says, the spoils of war have been made permissible for me. Whilst it was not permissible for the others, it was made permissible for me that, uh, that I could have of the, the spoils of war to be given to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's the fourth one. The third one. Sorry, that was the third one. The fourth one is, the earth has been made a source of purification and a place for prayer for me. The fourth one, the earth has been made 
a, a source of purification and a place of prayer for me and for my ummah. The fifth one, I have been sent to all the creation, while the other prophets have been sent only to the people in their place in their time. I've been sent to all creation. And then the last one is number six. And the line of prophets, the, 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 the lineage of the prophets, um, the Ambiya, has been sealed by me, has come to an end. There's not going to be another prophet after me. In the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said by Abu Hurairah to us what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. said. That is the one hadith. And then the other hadith is the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wherein he says, جُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَشْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا A portion of this hadith that we've just mentioned as fact number three, that the whole earth is, is a place of prayer for me and for my ummah, as, as a means, means of cleansing everything on the earth as it is on the ground, it's clean, and it's a means for us to make salah. So that tells us as if everything in all the places around the world is permissible for us to make salah. Yet, there is still exceptions. Those exceptions is the following. It is mentioned in the hadith, the Sahabi said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is just uh, saying just five days before his demise. Those of you who come before you, those who come before you used to take the grave, the grave sites of the prophets and pious people as places of prayer. Indeed, I do not, indeed do not take grave sites as places of prayer. I forbid you that, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa The Nabi said that the Anbiya, their places of prayer, the, the places of, of, of where they were buried, or the sacred people, or good people, many people wanted to place their place they where they buried as a place for salah. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to us, that the pious people and the prophets did not give permission to that and I instruct you do not make that the grave sites as place of salah and neither and I do not permit you for that so I forbid you meaning you are not permitted to make salah in a grave site at a graveyard subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah so even though the earth has been made halal for us and the earth is clean and the earth is uh, 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 um, uh, 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 place for us to make salah. If the person, the place is a graveyard, the Nabi Salah, that is the exception, you may not make salah in a graveyard. And then, and in another hadith, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to us, Abu Sa'id al Khudri said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the whole earth is a place of prayer except a graveyard and a toilet. A graveyard and a a toilet. So here we have another exception. The one exception is the graveyard first and foremost. The second exception says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is the toilet. We do not make salah in a toilet. Right? And then in another hadith, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was asked about making salah in a camel's pasture and he replied do not make salah in a camel's pasture for they are from the devils. From the, 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 the pasture has been used by devils that roams around there. He was in awe about the praying in a, a pasture of, of the sheep and he replied, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
you may make salah in them, for there is a sense of blessing of Allah Ta'ala there. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. So we see, the third one is that, the first one, we do not make salah in graveyards, we do not make salah in, 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 in toilets, we do not make salah in the, the pasture of, of the camels. Right? And the pasture of the camels has a reference to the places where the camels are moving around and where they're sleeping and where they're moving, uh, and, uh, uh, moving to be able to. It's not recommended for us to be able to go there and to be able to, to, to go there and make salah there. Keep distant from that. Because this is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that place has been covered with excessive amount of uh, jinn and shaitan that is around there. But the prayer in, in, in the places of the, of the sheep is quite permissible for us. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshaAllah. Um, that brings us to the end of that aspect of, of the fiqh, uh, of, of the salah. We are going to an aspect slightly different right now. And that one we're looking at what we call the adhan and the the, 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 the the ruling of adhan the call to prayer the ruling of uh, concerning the, the call to prayer is the fact that it is known to be um, an announcement that's, that calls for the beginning of the waqt it's been done at the beginning of a waqt um, and it is very very specific words and it is a fart as some scholars call it, fart kifaya. If one person does it, then it's sufficient. It doesn't need to be done by everybody. It is narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, If the salah time comes, one of you should make the call to pray, and the eldest of you should lead in the salah. In this hadith, the Nabi says, the eldest. This hadith is recorded by Bukhari and Muslim. Right? The scholars then say, the Prophet ordered or commanded them to make the, the, the call to prayer, which is the Adhan. And an order implies, an order or a command from the Nabi wasallam implies obligation. It's a necessity, it's a fart. As is well known, says the scholars. Now Anas said that the Prophet would lead us in a military expedition against a people. He would not start the encounter until the morning and he would wait and if he heard the call to pray, he would refrain from attacking. And if he did not hear the call to pray, he would attack them. Which means, if he heard that they were, did not have the call to pray as a people, and then he would not attack them. But if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has heard the, 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 the call to pray, he would not attack the, the people. Now the call to pray was not necessarily the call to pray that I'm speaking the Adhan, which means our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would then perform the Adhan, the, after the Adhan, the Salah would be performed. But if that people would have a, a call to pray in whatever belief they had, then he would allow them to be able to go into the process of their prayer and only go to them thereafter to be able to attack those people. But if they had no call to pray, which means there was no call to pray to their people, 
Then the Nabi sallallahu after he has performed his own salah for Fajr, and they would, then the Nabi sallallahu would go and create a process where he go and attack on the people immediately after the Fajr salah. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. The virtues of this, of the, of the Adhan, right? Muawiyah narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, the callers to prayer will have the longest necks on the day of resurrection. They will have the longest necks yawm al-qiyamah. What is meant by that they will have the longest necks? Allah will grant them a status of greatness and glory because of the adhan that's made. Because they call, they, they, the words that they use is an invitation from Allah. And they call mankind on the, on the invitation of Allah to be able to attend to the, to the invitation. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. In another hadith, it is narrated that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said to a person, I see that you are, you are a person who loves goats and the open spaces. If you are with your goats or in the open spaces and you make a call to prayer, raise your voice for everything within the sound of the caller, including the humans, the jinn, and anything else, such as the rock, such as the plants, such as the sand, will be a witness to you on the day of resurrection. And then Abu, uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, I heard that from the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Telling us of the status of what happens with the adhan and that everything, all these benefits that the mu'adhin get, the person who makes the adhan, that the process of, uh, of the adhan. Um, most probably it's also righteous here to be able just to add in a request of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum when they asked, when one of them asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah, what would be the best job that I could do? What would be, uh, what is the, the job, job is that I should strive to be able to get to, to do, to make in my life? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, the best job is to be able to become an imam. To become an imam, go out to seek the necessary knowledge and the understanding and the responsibility of being in charge of your people and being their leader and their guidance, that would be the best job for you. And the Nabi Sallallahu and the person said, What if I do not become an imam? If I do what other job is there? What job description is there for me that I can do that's something healthy and good? So Anabi said to us that the best job for anybody is not to be a professor, is not to be a lawyer, is not to be a judge, is not to be a president. The best job is to become an imam of your people. May Allah grant us all to recognize the status that Allah and His Rasul that they give is superior to each and every job out there. The best job is for everybody to work, to come to understand our responsibilities, to uplift and upgrade the quality of our people, but to be their leader and their guide, to show them the, ref- the processes of how to become decent and to become of those people, and show them not in word only but in action, how to become righteous and good people as leaders. And then... The Sahabi asked the Nabi, what if I do not become an Imam? If I cannot become an Imam, what then? The Nabi says, 
then the next best job and job description is to become a mu'adhin, to invite people to come to the performance of salah. May Allah grant us all to be able to recognize. Ya Rabbi. When we look at the adhan itself, we're dealing with the description of that adhan, what happened. Now there is a hadith related to us by Abdullah ibn Zayd. He said to us, his father said, while the messenger of Allah was intending to strike a bell to call the people to pray, although he did not like it as it was the practice of the Christians, a visitor came to me in my sleep at night. It was a man wearing two green garments, he says. I saw a person with two green garments. And in his hand he was, in his hand was a bell he was carrying. And I said to him in my sleep, O servant of Allah, Ya Abdullah, do you want to sell the bell? He said, what will you do with it? I said, we will call the people to the prayer. And he said, Shall I tell you about something that is better than that? And I said to him, certainly. He said, instead, you should say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna muhammadar rasulullah. Ashadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah, hayya ala al-falah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. And then the person in my dream, I saw him, he went a little back. Then say... And then this person said to me, then say when you're commencing your prayer, when you're making the iqama for the salah, say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu anna muhammadar rasulullah, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah, Qada qamati salah, Qada qamati salah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. He says, when I went, then in the morning, that morning I went to the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I informed him of what I had heard in my dream. The Messenger of Allah said to him, Your vision is true, Allah willing. Then he ordered for the call to be made and Bilal, the slave of Abu Hurairah, or the ex-slave of Abu Bakr, made the call with these words. There's also the riwayah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, when Akshafak had the same dream and came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam the same morning to inform the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam of what he dreamt of the fact of wow, the adhan must be made instead of a bell or instead of anything other that was used by other people to call to prayer. 
Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. For the time period now, we are going to be looking at those questions that came through yesterday in which we did not focus on. And the very first question that came through, Sheikh, via WhatsApp was, uh, Salam, Sheikh, when making Salah, my mind tends to drift. I want to know what are we allowed to think about in Salah so that I can focus on that. Shukran. Shukran for that question. I think it's a healthy question. Yes, it's something that we will be dealing with a little bit later, more detailed. But for now, I probably can say to the person, um, uh, the drifting of the mind is something very, very common. It happens to everybody. Uh, but the pers- what I would like to let the person understand is, um, part of what our Nabi Sallallahu says to us, he says, the perfection of Salah comes with understanding what we're doing. And, and trying to do it is specifically that way. Now you could be doing it in uh, by understanding what are you saying and what are you doing. Now those details is going to be dealt with as we unfold in the salah, in the practical process that's given to us by our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We're going to deal with those things step by step inshallah. So bear with us to a certain extent, but for now I probably just want to say to you, try to get yourself exposed to the understanding of what you are doing and what is the purpose of every area of your salah, right? Like for instance, understand what the Surah Fatiha say, because you're reading Surah Fatiha every day. Now, part of having to be able to what we call the hushu in salah, the humility, is to recognize the message and you are actually communicating with Allah. And the very fact that you are standing in front of Allah and communicating creates a sense of humility. You must become aware of that. And you try to be able to make your sense so that shaitan doesn't take the upper hand of any one of us whilst we stand in salah. But it is the work of shaitan. He's going to do everything to be unto to corrupt us and destroy us from our ibadah. And we need to keep our strength in having to be able to come to know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how it should be done. And if we can put those things in place, it makes it so much more easier to be able to fulfill the sense of humility, the khushu in salah. And may Allah grant us that, that you get that sense of uh, um, commitment in in khushu, in salah, that you do not fall prey to shaitan and he doesn't take us away. And may Allah grant you to be able to seek the necessary knowledge and that you grow with that. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then here's another question that came through. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Just need to mention this. I've been to a few janazas where we made the Salatul Janazah at the Kaburistan. It's now the Kubas. Is this unaccepted? Or not? Um, making salah in the, the Kabrasan is not the recommended thing to do. In the Kabrasan, like in, inside the place where the, we make, we, we, if there's an area in the Maqbara where they're specifically made for salah because of circumstances, and the, then that area is for salah purposes only, that is permissible. But it's not the best recommendation to do to make the salah in the Maqbara because our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as we've heard, when it comes to salah, it's not recommended for us to perform the salah in the Maqbara, the place of, of, of where the... the, the, the uh, but but the, the the question deals with salah under no normal circumstances. That the salah, the fart salah that we normally do, the janaza salah. Some scholars say to us, it's not the best to be able to even make salah janaza in the maqbara. But if the if the area has been allocated especially for salah purposes on the side, because the people could not get together to perform the salatul janaza somewhere else, uh, then it is quite permissible to be able to do that. There is no sin against you then. 
Shukran so much, Sheikh. That then now answers all of our questions with regards to what we had yesterday as well as today. And now we can continue on our subject matter being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. If you still have any questions, then you can send them through to WhatsApp as well as the SMS number. Sheikh Tafadun. Okay, so just before the break, we were busy explaining to us the hadith of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, what happened now. Yeah, there's just a need to be able to give us clarity as to what happened prior to then. Prior to then, the now in understanding that the salah has become a fart amongst the Muslims and salah must be done and how do we do salah and how do we establish a, a process of a calling to the salah, which is what we call the adhan. How is that going to be done? Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa found, and, or the Sahaba radiallahu anhu found that the Christian people were making, having a bell, that they use that bell, when the bell goes off, then that's according to the people to come to their prayer. Right? And the Jews had a horn that they blew into, and it gives us a sound when you blow into this horn, and that sound gives off the calling to their prayer and saying to the Jews indirectly, wherever they find themselves, when they hear that, it's the time now to come to pray. And so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was looking at means and ways and how to do that, and he was looking at possibilities. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not prefer to make a, the, 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 to use a bell or to use a horn. The Nabi did not feel that making a sound and using these sounds to be the righteous thing. Because in other ahadith, it indicates very much that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa shows to us that these sounds are all processes of what shaitan is participating in. So, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa felt he wanted to do something. But then one sahabi came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and informed the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of his dream that we read. And Abu and, and uh, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu came with the same dream, with the same words and the same dream of what he had from a person to be. And in actual fact, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa indicated to us that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was also informed in the same way in a dream of what we can do in replacement of using a, a bell or using a horn, not making sounds other than the calling unto the, the adhan given to us by Allah Ta'ala via Jibreel in the dream of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so we've heard that the adhan of the Muslims is the words that we've read earlier on. And we, know, we all know the adhan and the words of the adhan. May Allah grant us to be able to be of those people who recognize that how fortunate we are that our adhan, our calling to pray is glorification to Allah when we say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, He's nothing as great as Allah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And this is where we are going to be paying specific attention in terms of looking at the subject matter and also ending it off, inshallah. Sheikh and Tafato, continue. Shukran Zazakalakhir. As you said just before the break, that the Adhan starts off with having to call unto the greatness of Allah by saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. That there is nothing as great as Allah. And then immediately after that we say, I bear testimony to the fact, and each and every one of us, we bear testimony to the fact that there is none worthy of worship. Nobody can ever be worshipped. Worshipping doesn't fit anything or anybody other than Allah. Worshipping for Muslim 
No, not for the Muslim, for all those who recognize the greatest and the glory of the Creator of the universe. We come to recognize the, the sense of worshiping, worshiping belongs to nothing in His creation. If He is the Creator of all this greatness and glory, and what a shame is it that man can still find something other to worship or something in creation which is of no value in comparison to the Creator to worship. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah that we worship none other but Allah and Allah alone. And Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah and we bear testimony to the fact that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the messenger from Allah to be able to come to us to show us how to be Muslim, to teach us how to be Muslim, to expose us, to empower us, to enrich us, to bring us nearer to Allah and to allow us to develop and to grow and to understand Allah's message and carry it out in the best format. And we, you and me doesn't have a means to be able to be a Muslim unless we have total submission to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as our messenger and we recognize whatever he came to tell us comes from Allah whatever he did to us comes from the right path and we need to follow him and follow what he says to us and what he guides us and his means and ways of expressing it in action is what is the complete message of Islam. And thus we say, we be testimony to the fact that Muhammad is a messenger of Allah. And then thereafter, we say, You are invited to come to the Salah. Twice, and then we said, the words to be said, Come to success. And these are the words given to us by the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he received from Jibreel that came to him through the night and gave him the dream as part of the, 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 the wahi from Allah. That in actual fact, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then taught these words to Bilal and Bilal was asked to be able to make the adhan when Allah then said after the Hayyad al-Salah, Hayyad al-Falah, Allah Ta'ala then, uh, we were then taught to say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, La ilaha illallah, and there is none worthy of worship except for Allah. Um, and, and these are the words given to us, superior to a bell that rings, or superior to a horn to be blown, or other means and ways that many other people do, their means to get their people to their, to their synagogues, or their churches, or their places of worship. For a Muslim, the Adhan as a means to be able to be show the entry of the waqt and to be able to show that the processes of the Salah can be performed or the Salah should be performed is done in a format given to us by Allah and His Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah grant us of those people who recognize how fortunate we are and the many favors that Allah has granted us and that we try to show appreciation and recognize the sense of respect that needs to happen to that which Allah grants for all of us. Alhamdulillah, we've come to the end of our show. Um, allow me to be able to then make out, let us do the, the final dua. A'udhu Billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim والعصر إن الإنسان لفي حسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين والحمد لله رب العالمين that then concludes our program for مدرسة on A I hope that it was truly beneficial to you and you have learned 
learned again, yet again, another something new. Like the saying goes, you learn every single day and you're never too old to learn. For now, I am, it's time for me to say my goodbyes. And that is, of course, from myself, Yasmina, along with everyone on board. We bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.